Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number one of the End of Me podcast. Uh, my name is Phil, and I will be your host, um, or your guide, or your, I don't know, voice in your head. Um, this is my show, and uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm really bad at this. I've never done a podcast before. This is my first one. So I'm going to be a little bit uh, awkward, maybe at first, or stupid sounding. I apologize. Um, but <clears throat> um, but yeah, this is my show, and I'm pretty excited about it, and I hope that um, you enjoy it. So let's, let's get into it, shall we? Um, this show um, is uh, kind of weird, I guess, in the sense that it was prompted by me finding an old book, um, which I will describe how that happened in, in, a, in just a minute. But I found an old journal, um, and I'm going to be reading from it in this podcast. Each episode, I'll read an entry from this journal. Um, and I've read the first entry, and it is crazy for whoever this guy who wrote this journal that I found back in the fifties, I guess. Um, but, um, I read the first one and it was crazy. And I thought, well, this is crazy, obviously, because it was crazy. And I, and I thought, you know, and I always wanted to do a podcast and, and here was one delivered to me on a silver platter. Um, and I decided not to read any more of the journal. I just read the one. And, and that every episode, I would read a new journal entry not having read them before. So I'd, I would be hearing them as you're hearing them or as I'm recording them and you're hearing them, I guess. So I guess it's not really real time, you know. But, but you get the idea. Ah, sorry, I need to wet the old whistle there. Um, so, <clears throat> so, yeah, every episode will have a new, I'll read a journal entry from this crazy journal. Well, it's crazy from the first entry that I've read. I don't know if the whole thing is always crazy, but you get the idea. Uh, but before I do that, I will tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, my name is Phil. Um, I'm in my early 30s. Uh, I'm American. Um, and the only reason I bring that up is because I just moved to England with my wife, who's English. Um, love you, Marsha. And um, I'm, although I don't think I'm going to let her know that I'm doing this. I'm doing this in secret when she's out of the house so that I don't, because I feel like an idiot doing it, like talking to myself in, my, in a room by myself, you know. But anyway, <clears throat> so, um, but I moved to England six months ago. Um, and I've been here for six months, obviously. Um, and, um, and yeah, like I've been, um, here six months. I've been looking for work. Um, I haven't gotten any, um, well, I've gotten some, I, I, I met a, a friend of a friend who, um, worked at a bar around the corner, um, McGillicuddy's it's called. And, um, and yeah, and, um. And they got me a part-time job there. I should say, I forgot to mention, like, I live in the city of Sidon, which is in 
in England and I live in the Upton village, which is like a, like a neighborhood inside them. Um, so yeah, just so you know where I am. Um, so yeah, anyway, my friend got me, you know, a job working at this bar called McGillicuddy's. I never worked at a bar before and I was, and like, I've been doing it for about a week now and it's pretty, pretty hard work. Um, like I'm just like, it's like picking up a lot of beer bottles or beer, like, um, what is it? Pint glasses and putting them in the dishwashers and like running around and getting people food and stuff and pulling pints, which I'm really shit at. Like I, like whenever I, they call it pulling pints here. Whenever you, you know, you know, you're filling up a glass of beer. It's just like, it's all foam when I do it. It's like, it's so annoying. It's like, takes a degree to be able to make fucking glass of beer. It's crazy. I don't know why I can't get it right, but I just keep foaming the shit out of those things. So, um, so I don't make so many beers. I kind of just like, I handle most of the glass bottles, you know, popping the tops and giving them to people. And, um, you know, I only, I only worked there five hours a week. Um, I told them like, you know, I'm looking for a full-time job. So I need that time to, you know, to look for a, a real job so I can only, you know, work there. They wanted me to work a little bit more hours, but I was like, you know, I can't, um, thanks, but no thanks, you know, but they're cool there. Um, and it's actually my friend Howard who works at the bar. Um, he, um, he's the one that kind of, I kind of got rolled into this whole mess with this journal. So anyway, <coughs> this journal that I found, um, I'll tell you how I found it. So Howard got married about a month ago in a church here in Upton Village. And it's a really old, pretty church called St. Vitus's. And, um, and, um, yeah, and, and I'm not like, I'm not much of a church going guy, but it was a wedding, you know, so I went and I was sitting there with my wife, you know, and we were sitting in the, the, um, you know, in those wooden seats, the pews or whatever, and, and I was pretty bored, and, um, I used to have to go to church when I was a kid, and I hated it, and I still hate it now, it's, like, boring, I just sit there, I, like, bit through all my fingernails, and I ran out of fingernails, and then I was, like, folding a piece of paper, trying to do origami, but I didn't know origami, but it was like I was trying to teach myself origami, that was how fucking bored I was, and then, <coughs> oh, excuse me, um, and then, so I was there, and then I saw this kind of like in the queue in front of me. Um, there was like a, a like a gap between where the top of the pew, like this piece. There's a gap between two pieces of wood. I'm not gonna spend time trying to figure out how the hell to explain it. So I started picking at it, just out of pure boredom, like just poking it with my finger, and and then I got it separated a bit more, and I was like, oh shit, it's like it's not fixed. And I was poking at some more and then the, <laughs> this piece of wood fell down, like fell down into the inside of the, of the pew or the bench that was in front of me. Cause it was like obviously hollow. So this piece of wood, which was like a square of wood, which had been placed in there just like fell in and down and it made like a real ruckus and everyone looked at me and, um, 
and I tried to pretend like I didn't know what everyone was like, like, you know, what the hell, what was that? You know, who did that? But I, I don't know if it, I don't know if anyone believed it wasn't me, but it was me. But anyway, so, so, you know, the marriage, so, and I stopped fucking with the thing cause I don't want to make any noise and get people looking at me. And then I, I go, or then I'm sitting there and I'm really bored. I'm sweating and I'm really hot. And, you know, it's just like fucking hot in there and I hate wearing suits and, and, um, and ties. I hate wearing ties. I gotta get, I think I gotta get one of them like Middle Eastern type of shirts. Like one of them ones that got, they don't have a collar. They just have like a round neck with a button. Cause then I could wear that under a, under a blazer at least. And then I wouldn't have to wear a tie because there'd be no place to put a tie. You know, like, it's the people wouldn't be like, oh, he's not wearing the tie. He doesn't care. It'd be like, oh, that shirt, it doesn't accommodate a tie, you know? Because if I wore a tie, then it would just be on top of it. It'd be like wearing a tie with a t-shirt, like some, like, lame-ass pop-punk person, you know? So anyway, anyway, so I was sitting there waiting for the marriage to end and, um, or not the end, <laughs> the marriage ceremony to end, um... I don't know how the marriage is going to last, but that's, that's neither here or there. And then, um, so I was sitting there and then they walk, everyone walked out and there was the, the procession or whatever. And so then when everyone kind of filed out of the church <coughs> or was mostly filed out of the church, I reached in the pew to try and pick up the piece of wood to try and put it back. Cause I didn't want to get blamed for breaking the, you know, a piece of a church. Because this church is like four or five, six hundred years old. I don't know how old it is. It's like old as fucking rocks. So it's old and I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get charged for it because I'm out of work. I don't have any money, you know, so <coughs> sorry. So, um, so I reach in to get this piece of wood and then I feel something else. Like I like had to reach down in there. I had like a red red mark on my arm where I like I was really you know jamming my arm I'm like a big guy. So it's like got big arms. I was jamming it in here to try and get this piece of stupid piece of wood, and I felt something else which was bigger than the piece of wood. And I'm like, well, what the hell is this? So then I got it. I pulled it out, and it was a fucking book. It was this journal in the middle of a chair in a church. How fucked up is that? Like. Someone like either like, I don't know how this thing got in this chair. Either someone built the chair and like forgot that there was a book laying around and built it around it or somebody hid a book, this book in this chair, which is just a weird place to hide something in a chair, in a, in a, in a pew or a bench or whatever in a church. I mean, that's just weird. Um, but this, whoever they must've done, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they did on purpose. Maybe it fell down there. Maybe, I don't know. But, um, but I found this book. So I'm like, that's weird. And I started looking at the book, flipping through the pages and it was all like handwritten inside. Like the book was like this old, um, it was old obviously. And it had the sort of, the cover had the sort of like, um, it was kind of like a reddish brown color and it had the sort of the sort of like texture you see on old like encyclopedias or something, you know, like a um I don't know, it was weird, but it looked old. And on the front of this fucking thing, listen to this. On the front of the book is a label, like a like a like a just a sticker label or something that had been affixed to it. 
affixed. I don't think I've ever used that word in my life. That's hilarious. Anyway, it was it was on the front of it, and on it, someone had written the end of me on the front of this fucking journal. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from the front of this journal. So I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, what the hell is this? This is crazy. So I, you know, I take it, I try to reach and get that piece of wood to put it back in the in the few seat thing, but it just, I couldn't reach the goddamn thing. So I gave up and I just kind of walked away and hope, and I haven't heard anything back about it. So, so I guess they don't know that I did it, but, but still I found this book and, um, and I didn't look at it immediately. I sort of like, I put it, I kind of just carried it along with me and, um, and the, um, the, that, like the reception was at the bar where we work. So we stopped home, you know, on the way home or we stopped home before I went to the bar to change into more comfortable clothes. Cause I just like, I can't, I can't handle, I can't handle suits and dress shoes and things. I had to get some, some shorts and some sandals and a t-shirt on cause I just couldn't have been myself otherwise, you know? So anyway, so I go, we go, you know, I, so I drop the book off at home and then we go to the bar and we, you know, it's, it's a nice time, you know, like we drink some beers and, and, um, I didn't pull any pints cause you know, I'm shit at it, but you know, drank a bunch of pints and, um, met a bunch of, um, a bunch of friends, you know, a bunch of Howard's friends, um, um, his, uh, his, well, I guess you would say his wife, um, her name is Genevieve but they call her Jeannie, which is kind of stupid, but I guess it's sort of, I would call her Jenny because Genevieve, not Jeannie-Vieve, but whatever. So, uh, but we met a bunch of Howard and Jeannie's friends and some of them were cool. Like there's a guy who, um, who uh, carves gravestones, which is really cool, which I think is really neat. Um, and then there was another guy who was a professional cricket player, I guess. I don't know if that's like a, I mean, I, I've never seen cricket. They have it here in England, obviously. And it's, I'm, I think it's pretty big. I don't know if this guy's rich or if he's famous or anything, but he, apparently he plays professional cricket. Um, but he had a, he popped his collar on his shirt, which was really, uh, which made me not like him immediately. Um, and he had a really pointy nose, which was just really weird. Um, and then there were some, there were some cool people there, you know, um, my wife's a lot kind of more sociable than I am. So she, I think she might've had a better time than I did, but, but it was all right. So anyway, we go, and we're, you know, potty hotty, you know, Marty and, um, and then we come home and then, um, and me and my wife had gotten, we'd gotten in an argument on the way home because she said that I was kind of being a dick at the party, which I don't think I was being a dick, but she said I was being a dick. And, um, I think she's full of shit, but I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinions. Right. So, um, but anyway, we were arguing. So then we came home and she went in like her office, like her little office room and shut the door and, you know, told me to fuck off and she didn't want to talk to me for the rest of the night or whatever. And I was like, fine, whatever. Um, and then I went in, to our bedroom where I left that book. So I was like looking at this book and I was like, Oh shit, this is the book I found. I forgot about it. 
Um, I didn't tell anyone at the party that I found the book because I didn't want anyone to know I broke the fucking seat at the chair, uh, you know, the pew or the, ch- the seat at the church. So I didn't tell anyone about it. But I kind of forgot about it because I was pretty drunk by that point. And then I read it, and I read the first the first entry, and it was crazy. I was like, what the fudge? This is shit is crazy. Um like, oh my God, Southern accent, crazy. Um, and then I read the first entry, and like I said, I said, it's crazy. And then I said, and then I realized, like, or I, an idea popped in my mind, like, holy shit, I could, I wonder what happens next, but I'm not going to read it. I'll read it on a fucking podcast, and then everyone can listen to me read it, and everyone can get, like, can find out what happens. And I was like, fucking genius idea. And it's really the only good idea I've ever had, you know, because for a podcast or maybe in general, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not very artistical or whatever. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a good drawer or, or anything like that. I'm not a poetry guy. Uh, you know, um, I Chuck, I like Chuck Norris movies and like, and like ninja movies from the 80s. That's like my thing. But, um, so anyway... So I thought this would make a cool podcast. And so now I'm going to read you, as promised, the first episode of, or the first episode, sorry, the first entry of the journal that I found, okay? And then every, and then from, you know, from now on every episode, we'll, you know, we'll have another journal entry to read. Some of them are longer than others. Um... This motherfucker had some bad handwriting. I don't know if he... Oh, man, he's got bad handwriting. So I'll do the best I can. And he scribbles out lines and stuff. Like, it's it's pretty rough shot. But I'll try and... Sorry, I had a burp there. I'll try and do the best I can. All right, so let me get a sip of water here. All right, let me get to the, the right page here. The first page. All right. <clears throat> 7 July 1956. That's the date. It's like number 7, then July 1956. I guess that's like the old school way of doing the date. So seven, July 7th, 1956, but this is the way they wrote it. Um, I have started this journal on the advice of my psychiatrist, Dr. And then it's kind of scribbled out. It says Dr. It's like all scribbled out. I can't make out the name, but then he's he's like scribbled over the scribble an H. So it says Dr. H. So I don't know if he just didn't want, if I don't know, for the sake of, I don't know why he did that. It's a journal, but um, for anonymity of his doctor, I don't know. But it says, so I've started this journal on the advice of my psychiatrist, Dr. H, who said it may do me some good to put my feelings down on paper. I don't know if I'm quite won over by the idea just yet, but I trust Dr. H and am willing to give it a try. I guess I should put down the essentials, though I'm sure no one will ever read this journal. Ha 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 ha. He was wrong on that, wasn't he? Because I'm sitting here reading it right now. Full. <coughs> okay, so he's going to put down the essentials. Um, my name is Gilbert Worthinghouse. I'm 37 years old. I live in the city of Sidham, located in the southwest of England. That's that's the city that I'm in now. 
and I am a librarian at the local university. I am unmarried, a point for which I feel somewhat ashamed. Um, and then he's crossed out a line here, which I can't read. Um, but who, you know, I guess in the 50s, getting married was a big deal. I mean, I'm married, but it's only because I needed a visa, you know, so, you know. I mean, I'm happy to be married to my wife, don't don't get me wrong, but it, you know, it wasn't like we had, you know, if, if we were living in the States or if I was English, then we probably wouldn't have gotten married. You know what I mean? Anyway, sorry, back to the, back to the journal. I'm unmarried, a point for which I am somewhat, I feel somewhat ashamed. It's not that I am averse to such a unity. It's just that I have never set eyes on a suitable prospect. My life is orderly and ordinary, ordinary, ordinary. Ordinary, ordinary. Is it ordinary? I guess ordinary. My life is ordinary, is orderly and ordinary, or at least it was until 28 June, when I witnessed an event so horrendous, my bowels tightened just thinking about it. His bowels. Is that your? Is that your butt or your your bowels? Is that your ass? I don't know, but it tightens when he thinks about it. The event of which I speak has not only altered my life fundamentally, but shattered any semblance of normalcy it once held, or of the normalcy it once held. I am now a nervous mess and prone to the sort of behavior that, that, oh God, his handwriting is so bad, prone to the sort of behavior that leads one to a sanitarium. Sanatorium, sanitarium, sanitarium, I can't tell you, I think that's a, isn't that like a, a crazy, like a loony bin? I don't know. I think it's a loony bin. <coughs> okay, we'll keep going. If it were not for Dr. H, I think I should be in a right state. He's proven to be my anchor, and it's only because of him and his advice that I set these terrible events to paper, events that will never, or events that will mar my dreams for weeks, for the, God, this dude, this dude in his writing. Events that will mar my dreams for weeks for the sake of writing them. As I said, it was on 28 June that the stable construct of my life came tumbling down. Oh, fancy pants. It was a Sunday, and I remember the weather was lovely. Not a cloud in the sky, the sunshine, or the sun shining bright. I had just attended Sunday services and was walking home. The church, St. Vitus's, which was the church I found this book in, was only a few blocks away from my flat, and so after shaking the parson's hand, I strolled leisurely, or is it le leisurely home? So this, so this, he went to the church that I actually found this book in, in my neighborhood, which is crazy. Okay. Back to the thing. About halfway home, near the corner of Bellevue Road and Upton Mews, I witnessed the thing which shall <coughs> haunt me for the rest of my days. I stood just before the intersection, waiting to cross the road. A woman, a woman was holding the hand of a fair little girl directly across from me on the other side of the road. The woman was young, perhaps in, in her mid-twenties, and dressed very smartly. 
The little girl, who might have been seven or eight years of age, wore a shabby blue dress. Ooh, excuse me, I got a burp. Wore a shabby blue dress and looked to be the socially or looked to be socially inferior to her minder. To her minder? This struck me as odd. The girl looking so shabby and the woman looking so grand. And I guess that's why I why I turned after we passed while crossing the street. That's when I heard the car speeding up at a frightful rate, rushing towards us. I don't know why I turned because I knew that the woman and the girl had made it across, but still I turned. And indeed, the woman and girl were standing where I had just stood, as if we had switched spots during a game. And so I was not immediately fearful of the speeding car. Both the girl and the woman were safely on the pavement, clear of danger. But then I saw the woman grab hold of the child's arm in a most violent way, her eyes watching the speeding car. And that's when it happened. The woman pushed the little girl in front of the vehicle on purpose. I know, crazy, right? Dude just watch, Dude says he watched a, a lady push a little girl in front of a car. It's fucked up. All right, let's, um, carry on here. I saw it. I know it. And I was helpless to do anything about it. And what's worse, because it happened in such a quick succession, or because things happened in such a quick succession, I was forced to see it all, a split second that shall forever inhabit hours of my mind. The car gaining speed, the push, the sick thud when the poor girl hit the front of the car, the way her body cartwheeled up and over the car like a tossed rag doll. My God, the horror. Fucked up, right? It's crazy. Um, And still, despite the terrible images I have just described, it is something else that plagues my dreams, another vision that stains my mind. For in the moment before the little girl was struck by the rushing car, her and I looked at each other, eyes meeting. I still see those eyes, those terrible eyes, for they were not blue or green or brown, but red, as bright and as red as freshly spilt blood, inhuman in their intensity as they were in their color. He spells color like color. This is the English people. I still see them awake. I still see them awake or at sleep. They watch me always dot 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 and then that's where he and then that's where the 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 entry ends is that is that not fucking crazy like like i read that you know like i said after the wedding i'm sitting there me and my wife you know my wife having a tiff and i'm and i'm sort of pissed at her and i start reading this journal and i'm like holy shit what the fuck is this this is crazy and that's why the idea hit me. Boom. Booyah. Let's make a podcast. Bam. And find out what happens. So I'm not, I haven't read, I've only read that one that I just read you. And and I'm not going to read the next one until I record the next podcast. So that way, like it will keep me, it will keep me motivated to do this. Because I'm, I'm, I'm very not, I'm not a motivated person. I, I kind of start things and then I don't 
you know, I don't usually finish them. So this will be my way of finishing it to make sure I actually carry on with it. And I mean, like, I mean, I want to open up this goddamn book right now and read it right now, read the whole thing right now, but I can't do that because then no one will listen. You know, like I want to, I want to keep it going. So, and you know, and it will be interesting. It will give me something to do while I'm looking for work, you know, like it will be a project. You know, I don't, I don't think I put on my CV obviously, but you know, like, you know, give me something to do while I'm, you know, while I'm looking for work. But anyway, I'm Phil and I hope you've enjoyed the show and I hope you will, um, listen to the next one. Um, if you have any comments or want to leave me any feedback or say, what's up, you can email me at the end of me podcast at gmail.com. That's the end of me podcast at gmail.com. And then, you know, like if you're right in, um, if you're right, maybe I'll, you know, if there's a cool email or someone says something, you know, some cool thing, then maybe I'll read it on the air, you know, or on the podcast. Um, so yeah, so, um, that's it. Um, I hope you liked it and, and peace out, yo dogs.